amazing what happens when you're you make enough money. Yeah. Not not a lot of money, but enough money mm-hmm. that you can become real comfortable in, in some things that you really don't like. But you're like, well, but I've got, you know, I only got these car payments and this mortgage and, you know, I'm making it. I'm covering it all. I'm doing my job. And it's like, this is this is kind of what I do. Yeah. And I, I'm on the road traveling or doing whatever the, the kind of pains of sales are. Uh, and I'm not. And so I people that choose to stop and make the leap and do something else, a whole different industry or do a startup or whatever it might be. Um, I, I have a lot of respect, uh, a lot, like the, the 22 year old, like I started orange coat at 23. I, it was, I didn't make a lot of money. I didn't need a lot of money. It wasn't like, it wasn't a, a thing to jump to. It was just like, well, let's, we can make this work. I, I would rather work for myself than someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's do it. And but if you're choosing to say you're you're a you know engineer and you're making well over six figures and you say I'm going to stop doing this to do that, that's a level of of guts that I've always respected and, and feel feel like that imposter syndrome when people were like, oh, you're so brave for starting your company. You're like, oh, that's that's well, it's just it was just an, it was a, it's the best option out there at the time. It wasn't like a bravery thing. So we could be honest about that part. So especially with um, more mature founders. And when I say by that, it's like not fresh out of college, right? They have 10 plus years experience doing whatever in their industry. They have a lot of them already have like a nest egg or a companion that's able to help out with bills and all that. And I think a lot of people don't share that um, part. But I tell I I think I shared this on one of our other talks. I I will tell them certain things and I'm like, oh, but you know what? I left out this part, this part, and this part. Right? So so I didn't share the whole stack with you, right? And most people <laughs> are only giving you, you know, right. the version that is ins- inspirational, but right. that's not the whole story. And so those of those people who have the engineering income, right, who ha- who have still have the mortgage and the cars and this and that, they still have a nest egg. And um, most are able to borrow from 401k and pay themselves back through monthly payments. And it not affect their life at all. And the spouse part, uh, we, I think we did talk about it before, but that, yeah. that's, that is a secret, a secret weapon that few people really consider. Yeah, it's like, oh, this I'm is, telling oh, you. person's married to a doctor. Exactly. <laughs> and, exactly. Uh, so, so yeah. Those I, who that, don't have that, I try to be very honest with them. Like, don't look at the headlines that you see in tech, tech crunch or hypopotamus or Atlanta, Inno and be like, yeah, I can really identify with that person because you don't know everything that they have in their stack. And when I say stack is in their tech stack in a financial stack, their money stack, right? You don't know what kind of resources they have in people. I mean, you just have no idea. And also not just people, connections, um, not just industry knowledge, just so many things that go into it. So you really don't know unless they tell you. Mm-hmm. That part is, I mean, oh, the, the just your friend group is sometimes under known as like a secret weapon in your stack. Like, 
sure I remember is. think I remember like some of the bit like some of the early big sales I made were just like he had whatever it, it happened how you happened and all this kind of stuff but as I got older some of my friends got successful as well mm-hmm. and they were like in a, a place for buying decisions were being made mm-hmm. and you're like oh I can talk to person X now over a cocktail and and they're going to say, oh, well, yeah, we're also looking to do this. And you're like, oh, I can help with that. And, and, <laughs> and like, it's this kind of weird thing that people don't, um, yeah, that your, your stack's a good way of putting it. I, mm-hmm. I like to, th- that's a good way to think that it's, you know, and it's an ugly kind of idea to imagine like your friendships are, are business things. And I, I would not ask to do that because that is a terrible way to have a friend. But <laughs> if you're like, if you do have a friend that is also can help with that kind of stuff, I mean, it does help. So, yeah, it um, does help. Uh, I mean, that's uh, yeah. why pe- the companies build advisory boards and all of that. You know, the mm-hmm. advisory board is really to use their network. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really, and they genuinely want to help. Yeah, I think that is one of those things that you find a lot, at least I've found with um, the expectation of people or companies, an, uh, an incorrect expectation of uh, ATDC, people are new to the ATDC as far as a company goes, is they are, they want the mentors to be connectors right away and they want the coaches to be connectors right away and to some degree the coaches that makes sense but like the people that are volunteer mentors like if the only reason you want to meet that person is you want them to you've seen their linkedin page and you want to meet hey hey, i know you worked at (laughs) coca-cola wait a minute hold on hold on adam i have i have a little gripe with that situation being a coach there right we do we do use our network to help companies but i still think companies expect that prematurely because first we have to know that you are about your business Mm -hmm. and we don't know that in the first week or month or whatever it is and so we're risking being able to utilize our network to help other people if you're an irresponsible founder with that connection so we Mm -hmm. have to be careful of the resources and i think that i think that founders there's a little bit of selfishness that has to be involved when you're the ceo of anything but you also have to be realistic about what other people you're expecting other people to put on the line for you. So you, you also have to make sure that you're responsible with those connections. So I'll tell you, here's, here's, here's my issue. It's like, I'll make connect, I'll make introductions. This is, this is where founders really need to learn is if I make an introduction to you, to somebody from my personal network that can help you, it is important for you to then come back and say, oh, this is what I've done with that person or the conversation led to this. Like, let us know how that went. But what ends up happening is either they don't follow up with the person or if they don't get what they want from the person right away, they cut it off, you know, and like, you can't do that because people, I mean, relationships are valuable, but people are valuable. And just because you can't use them in that instance doesn't mean that relationship isn't valuable. So I think that a a lot of um, founders need to understand about 
the realities of relationship building for the long term. And that's coaches are people too. So like treat them not like a a magical Rolodex, but as a person (laughs) that you want to build a relationship with. And then they might be able to help with that. And I do think you're right. I I agree that I think there's like transactional um, type introductions that are all right to ask for earlier on. So if you're like, I'm, I don't know how to do search engine marketing and I need to pay someone to do that. Do you know someone I can pay? (laughs) Well, then here's a list of some people that I've heard that are pretty good or have worked with and are pretty good. That one, uh, you know, it's a business introduction, Mm -hmm. but if you're like looking for a kind of more broad or deeper relation, excuse me, a deeper relationship and it's, you know, going to be something about investing or it's going to be something about whatever it might be. um, I think it's, you know, you, you do have to have some level of, of, you have to be vetted yourself before you start getting the, like the, the Glenn Gary leads the, you know, the really good introductions. Absolutely. Um, I, I compare it to being a real life, like LinkedIn connection. So let me see if you can identify with this. Have you ever connected? Someone asked to connect with you, you connect with them and then they try to sell you something. Yeah. Like no one likes that because it's very transactional and it's over, you know, it's over a social media platform. But some people actually do that in real life. Like if if they can't sell you the first time or they can't get you to give them what they're asking for. So I got it. I just I just showed a, a, a message today for an example. I had someone message me through LinkedIn and said, I don't know this person. We've been connected for I don't know how long now. I don't remember how we connected, but I can see that they've never messaged me before. We've never had dialogue before. And so they literally messaged me out the blue and said, hey, um, I'm looking for someone for my son. He's recently graduated college and he needs some direction. Can you tell me exactly what you do? Uh, no, I didn't even respond <laughs> to that. <laughs> so you're looking for a mentor for your, you don't know anything about, like we've never even had dialogue. Like people behave that way in real life. Mm-hmm. And that's scary. Yeah. Yeah. I, that is, um, there's a couple parts of that, which is one, if you're asking or for, for mentorship job, whatever, for your child, I'm not interested, like have them do it. Um, kind of thing. Like I, it, it drives me crazy. Like that it happens every once in a while. It's just like, nah, same thing with even selling girl scout cookies. Uh, I will buy a girl scout cookie from a girl scout, but I'm not going to buy it from the parent. And so when they come around with their uh, sheet and say that my daughter's selling girl scout cookies, have her come in to the office. Let's do it. (laughs) But I'm not, I'm not letting you be the, you know, the go between for that kind of stuff. So, so that's that's that drives me crazy and linkedin is tough with that I, i've actually just you know recently started going back through some of my connections like how do i know these people there was a time when i would like just click it was a wild west with all that and you just connect with anybody and then i was like well i'd rather have met that person in, in person before had a conversation with them before just so i didn't have these weird things like that pop up and so it, it, it like limits your theoretical network that way but for me it just became easier to to be like no we'll we'll 
someone reaches out to me before before now i would have said that's if you want to you know connect let's have a coffee um first and now there's no such thing as a coffee um but um I, th- that would be kind of the only thing because I want to be able to go through and be able to say, oh, I know why I know this person. I know what they do before like I can have any kind of online conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally, I totally feel you. Totally. It's much easier to manage that way. Yeah. See, I never know because I do speaking engagements and stuff like different places. I, I may have met her before <laughs> and maybe I just don't remember and people will connect from there. So, uh, and you're really good at, at, at being able to have and maintain multiple conversations digitally with people and all that kind of stuff and, and, and building your, you know, brand that, that term personal brand kind of makes me cringe, but you know, <laughs> uh, you're really good at that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I think it's something that we could all, uh, like learn from, from you, um, oh, is, you. you know, there's being some level of, um, open and sharing on those platforms that, you know, I, a couple of years ago had to just kind of take a step back from all of it because it was nasty out there on, mm-hmm. on especially on like Twitter and stuff. It just wasn't oh, yeah. fun to be, it wasn't fun to be on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, it's, you know, it's part of, it's part of it. And, uh, I think you, you do, a, do a good job with it. So we should all oh, be more like when <laughs> It's funny you say that because Berkeley was like, you got that a lot right there. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, thanks. So that's <laughs> twice this week I've someone has said that. So I'm like, I really appreciate that. Um, but I, all I'm trying to do is share, which is what we're, we're doing here, you know, mm-hmm. with, with our letting people listen in on our conversation. So all I'm doing is trying to share if it's helpful to someone, great. Um, and build relationships. And not even for me, because a lot of the relationships I built, I hand them off to other people to be helpful to them. So Mm -hmm. I have to be open to increase my impact for helping people. You know, it's, it is int- how often, I mean, we were on a call last week and at almost every call coaching call I've been on since I've started talks uh, revolves at least somewhat around part of the, your goal of the marketing of your company is to share helpful stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's like step one. Yep. Like why is anybody even going to be involved with you if you're not willing to share helpful that's advice right. or why, how are you going to get into a market that you, without people in that market saying this person is here to help and is here that's to share right. and all that kind of stuff. So it, it does, you know, kind of trickle down to your personal brand doing that kind of same kind of stuff. But if you're, you know, if you're starting a company, you know, share helpful stuff. That's kind of step one. Simple. (laughs) Simple. That's a simple way to explain it. Share helpful stuff. And don't always ask for anything in return. Like, so I was trying to explain the difference between demand gen and lead gen to a founder this weekend. And so the way you just described share helpful stuff, that's demand gen, right? Share helpful stuff. You're not asking for anything in return. Legion, you're asking for something in return. An email address, <laughs> a sale, a call, a demo, right? So, but you're still sharing helpful stuff to get mm-hmm. that. You should be. Mm-hmm. 
you, sh- you right. shouldn't just go into the into the sale because otherwise that's not marketing that's sales right yeah yeah and and yeah and keep i mean talk about you know your 12-step process of going through it like that can be just as easy as one of those things you do every day is you're you know sharing helpful stuff sometimes that's right directed at an individual sometimes directed at a group or you know, a wider audience but it's just like you know get to it do it just do it <laughs> like, <thank you. laughs> just do it so the um the cmo of um i don't know if, i don't who's he with now is he with drift i don't know if you ever heard of dave gearhart you know dave no, he he is i think he was he's with privy now but i think he was with drift before but everyone knows dave he has he's a, a cmo you know marketing guy he has a book he always shares great information on linkedin and i mean he's maxed his connection so people just follow him right he's just a really personable person and that's the way his content his content um is as well and he posted today he was like you know, he just on linkedin he just posted he's like yeah so you guys are overthinking it most people are not going to read your post anyway so just go ahead and post it <laughs> <laughs> most people are not even going to see it so <laughs> so i'm like yeah. well, you're overthinking that, that, that is 100% the case <laughs> uh, you know the the fun uh, a fun thing to do is is the first time someone changes from like sending out a mass email in the blind carbon copy to using a mailchimp or something mm-hmm. and they realize how few people actually open up their emails and you're like and they freak out and they're like oh this is broken it doesn't work right and you're like no it works right <laughs> no one reads these emails like no no one does like you're you're at 20 percent. that's a great number congratulations that's a great like, number i think just, we need just, to share that with startup founders but i just talked to these people and, and they told me they wanted to be on my email list yeah it is it was it was between that and this will date how old I am now, but there was a time before Google email um, where we would have to do hosted email for clients. And um, then we would transition them all to Google Apps emails and they would inevitably call and say it's broken. I'm not getting enough emails. And it's just like, no, you actually have a spam filter that works now. And you you got you actually got much less email every day than you thought. And um, people you get less email than you think. And you and you no one reads the emails that you send. So these these are two. And and no one's ever said there's too much butter in the mashed potatoes. Those are three things that are. Guaranteed in life. Thanks for listening. To subscribe or to get some more information about the podcast, go to aflyonthecall.com.